Hello and welcome to our 20th episode and today is an exciting day. I am overjoyed, my cup runneth fulleth, to share with you guys this episode on a near-death experience interviewing Dr. Linda Kramer. For those of you who are not familiar, a near-death experience or an NDE is a profound psychological event that may occur to a person close to death or who is not near death, but in a situation of physical or emotional crisis. Near-death experiences uh, in my personal life have been something that I have always been very interested in, and I have loved to listen to people's accounts that have had near-death experiences. Dr. Linda Kramer was an honor to interview, and everything that she said during this interview re uh, resonated with me at such a deep and profound level that I cannot tell you how excited I am to share this information with you. I want everyone to be aware that this episode may contain information which can be emotionally triggering for you, so please use your own best judgment when listening to this podcast. We usually do a introduction with the interviewee, but unfortunately I lost part of my interview last night because there was a storm and I guess spirit just didn't want it that way. So I'm going to give you a quick introduction of Dr. Linda Kramer. Dr. Linda Kramer died in 2001 where she went to heaven for what she calls five years. Now, mind you, when Dr. Linda Kramer died, she was only clinically dead for 14 minutes. During that time, she met her great-great-great-grandmother, now that is four greats, who explained how reincarnation, life lessons, and life paths work. After her recovery, Dr. Linda realized she received psychic abilities, including the abilities of seeing injuries and illnesses inside people. She communicates with all things, including furniture, vehicle, plants, animals, and she can also see and talk to spirit guides. She has a growing number of books available on Lulu that include education on ghosts, psychics, spirit guides, as well as her book regarding her near-death experience. She has a PhD and is now spreading the word as to what heaven can teach us. So again, folks, Linda was incredible, and I'm super excited to share with you uh, pieces of our interview. If you want to know more specifically about her near-death experience circumstances regarding like how she died and what she saw, um, those things are available on her YouTube channel. What we have in this recording are conversations regarding specific things that she learned in her near-death experience and some of her experiences in her life and her spiritual journey. So again, I am super excited to share this information and let's get started. All right. So Linda, you were talking about your life review before we got cut off. Can you mm -hmm. elaborate yes. a little bit more on that? 
Absolutely. So I estimate I was in my life review 18 months to two years. Um, and I'll tell you why I estimated at that time is because I looked into this huge box and inside were all, they were like bubbles. And inside each bubble was a, a video which was showing one memory. So there was millions and millions of these bubbles in this box. There was no walls or floor in the box. And that was the weirdest thing because you look into it and it's like eternity of all these millions and millions of bubbles. So what I was, um, I wasn't told, but it was like telekinetically advised. So I just knew that I had to pick out one of the memories and I had to go through it. So I watched the memory. Then I'd have to, as, a, as an outside person, I'm watching this screen inside the bubble and I'm the other person or the animal that I'm interacting with in this memory. So I relive that memory from their perspective and I can feel their thoughts and I see their words and I, I'm them. Then I come back out of it again and then I go back into the bubble and I'm now Linda reliving what she said because I'm separate to Linda at this point. I'm reliving what she said to the other person or, or thing And I go experience and then I see it as a whole collective. So then I've got to analyze and heal the emotional energy that's attached to that memory. So if it was a nasty, let's just say, you know, we all do oopsies in our lives where we either yell at someone or we step on an ant, <laughs> gosh, deliberately, we become that ant. So we are now being that ant, seeing this huge foot come down on top of us with that deliberate intention of hurt. So we have to then feel that pain and it is tenfold. So, of course, I was bawling my eyes out. We There's so much pain involved with it because it's tenfold. And then you analyse why you did this instance. So you think, well, okay, I was walking down the street. I really didn't think it was anything major to stand on it. And we go through that pain. How long in minutes does that take? You know, some of my memories, I think it was like 45 minutes just after going through them and then me and then seeing it collectively. So each memory would have been at least 45 minutes to an hour and a half of healing and processing them. And then when it's neutralised back into um, like peace, which is neutral energy, because yep. there's nothing positive or negative involved with that memory anymore, that memory, that ball of energy with the little video clip inside it, it simply disappeared. So, so once you I, feel it, it, it goes away. So that's right. So now when I look back at my own life as Linda, you know, I'm 55 years old, 56 I am, sorry. Um, you know, I look at the memories that I healed when I was in my life review 
And, you know, I use the one of the cat, you know, it's in my book. It's um, I show a, a drawing where I've got the video screen of me with the cat mm. in my hand. And I, I still have that memory of playing with the cat, but it's no longer part of my life's experiences. I only remember it now because I witnessed it and I experienced it again in my life review. So it no longer is in my life. It's now just a memory from my life review. So it's a different memory now. Um, and I process thousands and thousands. So if only one is, say, half an hour to an hour, how many is thousands and thousands and thousands, you know, um, because it, it depends on, you know, some memories are just easy. You know, you just walk into a cobweb and you think, oh, damn spider. But we still have to relive that pain of why did we cause that pain to that spider and judge them. So, you know, that spider sitting in his web, he thinks, damn, now I've got to re re redo my work tonight. This woman just walked into my web. So we've, we've created that energy ripple, which wow. we then then have to hear no one really got hurt in those ones but you know if we do something deliberately to someone oh yeah they're major and the ripple effects of that so when i speak of ripples i think um imagine that we have a fight with a friend on the phone and you get off and you're all bitter and you go to work and when you get to work you spill your coffee all over you and you think damn it and someone else is at work because you're all having this bad day, that ripple, he then goes home to his wife and he's now in a bad mood because he's got it off you as a ripple. And then she has a bad day. So we have to relive all these ripples as well because it's all caused by the one intention. Wow. My gosh. You know, I look at Hitler with what he did at Auschwitz, which, you know, we had the warning at the beginning. And if this doesn't, those people at Auschwitz, not only do, does like the Hitler and other generals involved who caused those deaths, not only do they have to cause the deaths of, you know, they have to relive all that pain, but someone like myself now in 2023, Right now, talking about it, where I get teary-eyed thinking about what happened in Auschwitz, I'm now also creating that energetic ripple of karma that must find back to its core, which was back in the 1940s or 1930s when it was created. So this is where we go into the absolute mind blow of what our consciousness is about because time does not exist. And therefore, what I do today can have ripples in another 20, 50 or even 16,000 years time. Incredible. It. Oh, so you know, and you're not the first consciousness person. explained. Yes, because, you know. Um, you're not the first person, Linda, that I have heard um, describe in an NDE that they had 
during the life review to feel what the other person felt. Yes. It's almost like to me that spirit, consciousness, source, whatever you want to call it, is trying to teach you oneness. What What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's the one of the, well, I will go there. When I first died, after 45 minutes of floating in the house and I saw all the weirdness of everyone coming in and I saw them wheel me out, then I went into the fog stage and I saw the blue orbs. Don't know what those were about. So if anyone has ideas about what the blue orbs were, I'd love to know because they were intelligent. They were hovering around me. But then I went into the fog stage and I got a tap on the shoulder that it was with me all the time and when I first arrived in heaven I you know it's like there's a cross on the ground which is the landing point because there's so many people in NDEs who say oh I landed in a field of flowers and I did I landed in this field of flowers and as I'm looking around and looking at all the crazy wild colors the vibrant colors that I cannot explain because we don't have them in our color spectrum here on earth um I the I'm I'm sitting on this. It's like a it it's it's like a hill, and over in the far far left of me, because it was so panoramic, I could see to the left and right around me without having to turn my head. So it was like I had eyes in the back of my head because I could just see all the way around me, and I could see the city far far over to my left. And over to the right, there was mountains that are like 10 times the size of Everest, massive, massive hills. And I'm in this field of flowers and a little boy is there playing. And he turned into a dog. And I understood it straight away because we have all these lives, but we only one soul. Our soul comes back as like right now I'm Linda and then next time I come back I may be, I don't know, a boy born in China and his name is Chung and then the next life I have it could be an elephant on the Serengeti and then the next life I have I might be a bird who is a carrier pigeon during World War II because there's no time. There's no time. So even though we say past lives, there's no past. It's in all directions now. Because our yet. And it could be now. See, I've got a video on my YouTube channel, Dr. Linda Kramer, on YouTube. And I talk about, and I actually have a whiteboard set up with the time date. So it goes 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010, etc. And I say, imagine that you're born like me right now, you know, 1966, and I'm still alive. So I've got this time of my life, life like a lifeline. But when I die, I might be born in 1986. So that's another life. And that person is right. And then I might die in that life and I come back and I'm born in 1950. So now in 2020, I'm now a 70-year-old person living in a retirement home over in the UK. So how many lives has my soul got right now living here in this exact time of earth? So it is a mind blow when we go into the depths of this. And that's why I went and did my PhD. 
which I got honours for before because uh, I totally blew away my lecturer just with my knowledge of what he had already had. So, um, yeah, our lives, you know, our, our very existence is all about learning our life paths, our life lessons. Um, we do assign life lessons before we're born where we're going to go, what we're going to do, who's in our life family that we're born into for us to learn lessons to them and us them to learn lessons to us. Because there's always that flip side, which I call perspective. And when we're in heaven, when I, there were chairs everywhere. And I always, uh, the first time I saw a chair, it was like, why do I have to sit down? Because I'm energy. I've got no body. Why do I have to sit down? So I sat on this chair and it was really interesting the first time it happened to me because once I concentrated on anything else, I became that thing or person. So I'm watching this flock of ducks waddling by and I just looked at this duck in the middle and instantly I'm the duck. Wow. So duck and as the duck turned around I could see Linda sitting on the chair watching me so we have this oneness of perspective and so yeah I, I actually felt the feathers and I felt the wobbed the webbed feet oh my god it was amazing so now I know what it feels like to be a duck so I sat on the chair and doing my contemplation which I explain in my book contemplation is a big thing in heaven it's because we're analyzing the lives that we've had and what are our next life if we do wish to pursue go through reincarnation and have another life so it's amazing sitting and you know you look at churches this is amazing krista you look at churches how many churches actually have a little garden area with a chair and usually something like an angel statue there and it's actually called a contemplation corner. Mm. There's always those spots in churches where you can go and sit quietly and contemplate, think. And that's exactly the same as in heaven. And, you know, I went into the city, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories high, no elevators. You know, there's no elevators because we, we just think to be on fifth floor and we are. I just thought, okay, now I want to be on the hundredth floor and we are. But there's, there's stairs if you do want to go the slow route. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think it makes me think about our own life and, and how, you know, we could take your experience and, you know, we could kind of look at our reflect and contemplate our own life and Absolutely. our own life's experiences and be yes. able to gain, and I'll use your word again, perspective Absolutely. on- what what it would feel like what what intention did you have in that moment what did it feel like for the other person or thing or object or i mean there's so much spiritual growth and knowledge i feel like that come from just reflecting on your life and having a different perspective you know what i mean that's exactly right you know and one of the big lessons that i learned krista was don't judge we all say oh you don't know what the other person's been like so 
when we put ourselves into the shoes of others. So don't judge or accuse why people do things because they've got their own life path to lead. They've got their own lessons. You know, we've signed up for our own lessons to learn. And, you know, in this book that I'm talking about now, Spirit Guides and Life Paths Explained, I go into our life lessons and I give examples and exercises in how to accomplish. Google, what are life lessons? It always goes back to corporate. So they they expect, um, you know, a corporate life lesson is how to get on with your coworkers, how to be more productive, how to, how to um, you know, get through that meeting tomorrow. But that's not important when we think of our eternal solistic level of who we are when we go to heaven. So I talk about what are our true life lessons and they all encompass love. Love is just not an emotion on itself. It's an accumulation of words like compassion, understanding, patience, empathy, sympathy, and most of all, forgiveness. So I go into all these attributes that make us better angelic people and I give examples of how to be more patient how to be more understanding how to be more can acquire in this existence all our holistic traits or attributes characteristics if you want to call it that so when we go to heaven and we go through our life review we've already dealt with all Because it is tenfold. And I know some of the experiences I had there were absolutely horrific, like standing on an ant, killing a spider, that sort of stuff, trying to be the spider. Don't kill me, I've got children, (laughs) that type of thing. You know, oh, my God. So now I can teach others. So I know that that's my learning curve here because, you know, she, my girl, she tells me every day, you know, you've got to be out there, you've got to educating people how to be more angelic, how to be more heavenly, how to be more, and it's not religious, it's spiritualism at its finest because, you know, we look at religion, religion dictates that somebody else is responsible for our eternal life. Whereas in spiritualism, we realize that we create all who we are through that oneness with the universal energies. I still use words like God. I still use words like Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, because to me, those people are representations of the ascended masters. They're the ones who learned all their lessons and now they've acquired that higher state of consciousness into that five-dimensional where we can do psychic abilities like levitation, where we can do and premonitions and healing others through just touching them. Because one of the things I can do now is I, I can heal by touching people and it's extremely, you know, some people will call it Reiki, but I've never been trained in how to do this because I've now got it innately, which yeah. means naturally. Okay. 
you, you, I, I have a quick thing I want to run by you. So I'll, um, I completely agree with you that we came, we all come to learn to love unconditionally and all the things that encompass that. And it's interesting you were talking about mm-hmm. your ability, you know, your abilities that came about after you went through this process. I had something recently happen to me where, you know, um, I, I do healing work and, and all that stuff um, as my passion, but I had an incident happen to me personally that blocked my heart chakra. And a few days later, I tried to do a healing and the energy would not flow. And I instinctively knew that it was because my, you know, the, the, the heart had been blocked somehow Mm -hmm. and that was blocking spirit. Could you give me some perspective on that or what your thoughts are on that? Sure. Whenever people want my perspective, Krista, I always give an example first so people believe what I've got to say. Um, In the 1980s, I was in a car accident and I broke my neck. C2 and C3 in my neck are not connected and I should be a quadriplegic. I actually had a neck x-ray only two years ago and the doctor said, this isn't your x-ray, you should be a quadriplegic. And I just started laughing at him and he said, how are you walking? And I said, because I healed myself. Wow. 2017, I got hit with a tree in the head. I went and had an MRI and they found a brain tumour. Please don't ever research what the brain tumours look like because I went into shock and I nearly had a heart attack when I found out that I had a brain tumour. So I had another MRI six months later and it was still there. So I decided, stuff this, I'm going to heal this as well. So I've had two um, MRIs since then, and they've both said no MRIs, det- uh, no brain tumours detected. Incredible. So not only, not only am I a walking, talking quadriplegic, I've also cured my own brain tumour. How do we do this is all through our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. When we have a personal blockage, the first thing that we must establish is that it's not our own energy doing this because we would never give our own consent to this occurring. Yep. So in that case, when it's an external energy, it is far easier to eliminate it because our own energy will always overwin any other energies coming into us. So as soon as you take your own power and your own authority and you clearly state, I give no permission, no right for this energy to be attached to my mind, body, soul, spirit or energy field because I cover I give no right or permission for this external energy to be attached to mind, body, soul, spirit or energy field. You are not welcome here and you must now leave. But I say it with conviction and I yell at it when it happens mm-hmm. because it cannot stay under universal laws of free will. If it does stay and if we can't unblock our own blockages, then that's when we call in the angels, especially Gabriel and Uriel, who can do it for us. 
I had a party in my house about three years ago and there were six of us here and two angels came down. One was standing behind me and the man was opposite me and he was looking at behind me. He was looking up and his jaw was on the floor pointing behind me. And I turned around and I saw the angel wings. I asked him, and this angel, when it flew out, sort of like the same as when a, um, a spirit guide flies out, it leaves this blue ray of, it's like, it's like a comet tail when it shoots out. It leaves this mm-hmm. bright blue like aura. And when that angel left that night, two feathers were on my floor in my house. And the quill, not the feathers, but the actual quill was about eight inches long and it was as thick as my wrist, the quill. Wow. And the, and the actual feathers were over four foot long. Someone yelled out, oh, quick, let's get a camera and take a photo. And as soon as we all looked, because, hello, someone spoke, you all look at them, the two feathers just disappeared into nothing. They they were invisible. They disappeared. So we didn't get a photo. But we all saw it. Six of us saw two angels in my house. Um, That's not the first time I've seen angels, by the way. They've come to me when I've been healed previously. Um, But, you know, these beings do exist they do come down in many different forms. So that random wild dog that comes into your yard seeking food, that could be an angel to see if you're being generous to teach us a life lesson. So we can release blockages. We can um, release pains, hurts, physical injuries. And the best part, Krista, one of my first videos that I ever did on my YouTube channel was how to release blockages. So please go into my video stream, scroll all the way down because it was one of the first ones I did about a year and a half ago. So there you go. I've already got it out there, how to release blockages. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I um I, I love your, your explanation of that and how it, shows that we all have the power to heal ourselves and really we are our you know we are our best healer no nobody else can heal you right yes you heal yourself and let me just clarify krista because you know many people over the years they've said to me you know i'll be very honest you know i was a very sickly child they told my mum back in the 1960s that i would need heart lung and kidney transplants before i was 10. So I was a very sickly child, right? And I was in oxygen tents a lot back in the 60s and 70s. So one one of the things that um, as a consequence, you know, the symptomology of of having pure oxygen constantly, um, my hearing, sight, my nose, my voice, my skin is all affected by the pure energy, by the pure oxygen. Um, So one lady said to me one day, she said, oh, Linda, you know, you're missing a tooth. You know, you're a public speaker. You should go and get your teeth fixed. And I said to her, I don't need to get my food, my tooth fixed because this shows that I am you. This missing tooth shows that I am a human being no better than the next person beside me. And also, it's also a representative. And this is a quote that I use a lot with people. Do not look at the face saying the words. Listen to the words that come out of the face. 
So I use that line a lot with people. The other thing I want to stress too is because my eyes is, you know, I'm minus nine. I can see only about four inches in front of me. And this is the universe having a big laugh because I know I've got a sense of humor with this. This is them having a big laugh in my favor. Now, remember, I just said in my favor. The reason why I wear glasses is because when I take off my glasses, I can't see, which means I don't see the three-dimensional world around me because when I take off my glasses, I now operate in the fifth-dimensional state. Woo, girl. So I say every day, thank you so much that I'm virtually blind because they know I don't need my eyes to see. Wow. How beautiful is it? When it is I so you can perceive say that to an people. energy in the fifth dimension. Yep. Yeah. Incredible. You know, I, I live every day in the opportunities life throws us. You know, I always talk about the lady who rang me. She, it was only about six weeks, six months ago. She said, I'm a counsellor. I was seeing 20 clients a day. I've had a stroke and now I can't work. And I said, darling, yes, you can work because they want you to work from home. Please contact your boss and start doing Zoom calls with your patients. Two weeks later, she rang me up and, well, she contacted me because she was in America, of all places, and she said, "Um, Linda, fair enough, I've got to give you this one because I rang my boss, I'm now doing Zoom calls and I'm seeing 30 clients a week now because I don't have to travel to the office. I said, now you know why you had the stroke because you're needed for people's mental health. So now you're seeing another half of clients on top of who you used to see. So the universe created that stroke so you would be more service to others. And when we look at it in that flip side or that perspective, only good things happen, Krista. Only good things happen. You know, one of the lines that I love talking from other people, I think it's Dolores Cannon, everything always does work out for me. As soon as we say that and we think, you know what, every time something happened in my life, it always worked out for me. That's when we see the beauty of perspective because we get so absorbed in this three-dimensional world where we put so much onus on having a house, having a car, having the best clothes, best hairstyle, best nails, you know, up there it doesn't matter because as soon as we think it, we create it. You know, I was up there and I just thought as a, I was in there, I was still wearing my pyjamas when I was in heaven for like five years. I wore my pyjamas <laughs> because I loved those pyjamas and I didn't want to give them up. You know, they were really cool, cute, they were cute pyjamas, a little pair of pants with a little cute shirt. And I love them because I'm walking around. But at one point I thought, I'm going to have really long nails like I had back in the 80s. And instantly I looked at my, like my nails, you know, they're not too bad, but my nails were like four times the length and they were bright red, (laughs) bright red fingernails. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm liking this stuff. You know, (laughs) you think you create, you know. But that's the only time I did it when I was in heaven. I made my fingernails. Well, yes, I did make my fingernails, but they didn't grow long. They were instantly long. And as soon wow. as I thought, okay, that's enough, go back to normal, that's they just straight back to normal. Yeah, so we, we think, we create. 
yeah, yeah. so thoughts become you know, things right and that's right so especially as you become you know you you increase your consciousness that becomes more of your re- more and more of your reality oh right? yes oh yes that's right darling and you know the more we think of good things and good things in others you know i live in a very low income suburb here in brisbane australia because i'm a single mum you know hello we live what we can afford and i've got a lot of drug dealers around me and this one he i call him openly he's a, he's like a huge gorilla he's a huge man he'd probably be 300 pounds easy this man he he came over one day and he's accusing me of doing something to his cat and he's got his finger at me and he's he's swearing in my face i'm like oh my god i need to veil him you know because i thought oh my god he's going to break into my house and do something to me as a consequence of this so i let him calm down for a few days and i went over to his house he was in the front yard and i was, I'll, I'll just make up a name for him i'll just call him peter i said peter can we please have a chat Yeah, because <laughs> he's a huge man, very, very angry. And I said, darling, I just clarify with you. There's no way known I'd ever do anything to your cat because I love your cat so much. It comes in the yard. So we had a chat for 45 minutes. And at the end of it, he hugged me and he said, you're right, Linda. I was so wrong to accuse you for what you did because I gave him some respect mm-hmm. because because I put my feet my sh- my feet into his shoes, and I thought, you know, he's he's had this instance with his cat, so he's looking to who could have caused it. But how awesome was it that I didn't attack him back? I didn't react to his abuse. I responded in kindness, yeah, and I gave him respect. And I actually did compliment him a few times. You know, I actually said to him, oh, I like having you across the road because if anything ever does happen at my house, I know I can rely on you to come over and be the big tough guy to sort it out, you know. So I gave him that and he, then he started giggling. And <laughs> so we give people respect and we don't judge their situation. I don't know what he went through when he was a kid to want him to now be such a um, nasty drug-addicted person. I just hope that at some point he learns that he can go through his addictions as a reason, as a a consequence of things that have happened in his life. But we've got to heal those things that happen in our lives so then we don't have to rely on the drugs to take away that pain. Yeah. You know, I openly tell people, Krista, I, I worked for the police for 10 years and I left there with chronic PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, I worked in forensics for three years. You don't want to know what I saw. Um, Dead bodies, murder victims, fatal car accidents every day. Um, It it does take a toll on our heads. So I was very, you know, I was, I admit I was suicidal and I was chronic with my addictions that I had. So for two years, Every night I'd wake up with these massive um, nightmares from what I went through and I pulled myself out of that. And if I can pull myself out of that, and it wasn't just a wake-up moment, it took years, takes years, and I still have my moments because, hello, I am only human, you know, with um, subconscious thoughts. 
But at the end of the day, if I'm trying to be the best person I can be, and if I'm trying to be the best person that other people want to also be, because I put myself into their perspective, and then I think, well, what can I teach them from my experiences? You know, I've been married three times, so that's three divorces. You know, one lady rang me one day, she said, oh, you don't know how hard my life is, I'm getting divorced. I said, darling, I've had three. So that puts it into perspective. Someone's always got it worse than us. Put it into perspective and realize everything always happens for a reason. Life does throw us these awful, horrendously traumatic experiences. So we learn our lessons to ultimately make us better people. That's, that's what I like teaching people. You know, we don't have to be in this rut of thinking that there's no way out of that well that we've created. We can get out of that well. We can climb up the walls to the fresh air and see the sun at the end of the day because everything in us is eternal. Everything within us is an opportunity to be a better loving person. Oh. It resonates so deeply with me what you said. And you I should love... hear me on the phone, mate. You should hear me on the phone talking to my friends of a morning. <laughs> oh man! I just say, "Oh, Linda, I need a pep talk." Okay, here we go. <laughs> you are beautiful, and I'll tell you why. You know, I always say to people, we always say to our partners, "I love you," but I actually tell people when you tell someone that you love them. Don't just say, I love you as three words. Make it four words. I love you because. Mm -hmm. And then add to it. I love you because. Yeah, because if you a want lot to... of people, they just oh. feel alone. You know, they feel judged and alone and living this harsh human existence. And oh, that, honey. You know, they you just know... need love. Everybody absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we look at society now with our high rise apartments where you don't even see your neighbors anymore. You know, we feel so isolated. I, I was talking to this man, um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story with this gentleman. He said, Can I please come for a counseling session? And I said, Yeah, sure. He turned up in his car and it took him half an hour to get to my car because he was in a wheelchair, he couldn't walk. So I, he came in. And um, I put him on my massage table and I did some healing on him and just telling him how amazing he was, getting him to repeat it so he started to believe it as well. The first day he came here, he was in a wheelchair, couldn't walk to my door. The last time he actually got out of the to my front door. And I said to him at one point, I said, Whenever you're in your high-rise apartment building and you feel that you're alone, complex. Generally, they build bedrooms back to back. So even though it's a wall, there is someone right beside you. So as soon as we think of that energy of other people being around us, even when we feel so isolated and alone, because it's only geography at the end of the day, our consciousness spans for eternity so right now i'm connected 
with people in America, people in America, um, Africa, people in Asia, people in the UK, even penguins down in Antarctica. I am connected. I'm connected to the gaseous clouds out on Uranus and Venus. I'm connected to the whole universe just by my thoughts alone or isolated ever. And the first thing I say to people, Krista, contact me if someone does feel alone. You know, my email is lynda at lindaray.info and I always welcome having emails of a morning to tell people just how amazing they are. That's so yeah. beautiful. And it's such a gift to, you know, it, it doesn't cost anything to <clears throat> give that, no. extend that uh, olive branch to people and remind them that they are magnificent divine beings. Absolutely. Person on this planet is special. No one should ever have any doubt about how valuable their self-worth is. So, Linda, um, do you think your soul <clears throat> knew that you would have this NDE in order to progress <laughs> in your spiritual journey? I am absolutely positive of it. Not only the one, the NDEs that I'm presuming that I had when I was a child. I look at the synchronicities before I went to America. And it's only in hindsight that I can look back and say, there was reasons why I was in America. <clears throat> you know, just look at you and I today. You're overseas. I'm in Australia. If I hadn't gone to America, how could I have that connection with you? Um, mm -hmm. So I look at the timing because a lot of, you know, I don't like saying it publicly, but a lot of things on the world did start in 2003, which was two years after my look at the timing of when I died it was impeccable the timing because she actually said to me my great 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 grandmother she told me when I was talking to her she said you will not speak of this for 20 years so please remember and learn so when you're needed others will learn also wow so I had to sit on it for 20 years which afforded me that time because I was with the police for 10 years and I needed a few years off after that to get through all the mental anguish that I had and then I was a first aid trainer where I learned more lessons and it also was the opportunity for me to be a public speaker you know one of the first aid courses I did was in front of 3,000 people so hello no more shyness after you do that <laughs> you know because I was a very shy girl, you know. Um, yeah, so, you know, I look at all those synchronicities. There was absolutely no doubt in my head that I signed up to have this NDE. And I firmly believe that many, many other people who have near-death experiences also, they also signed up because of the work and the, the knowledge that they share on shows like yours. So that's why you're so valuable, Krista, to get this out there, um, you know, so to to bring that awareness of who and what we actually are and the truth of what is out there once we pass get past this three-dimensional veil of societal um, community that we live in. Yep. Yeah. That's incredible. I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I mean... <laughs> 
I just, I can't <laughs> believe how much I resonate with everything that you're saying. It just feels like you're just speaking to my soul. And like, it's almost like I'm recognizing uh, like yeah. I, something that I already know. You know what I mean? And that's right. We already do know this. It's just flipping that latch, opening the floodgates and allowing ourselves to remember who we truly are. Do you think, Linda, that we come into this existence pure and then we develop our ego and, of course, we have our life lessons and, and all of those things, but do you think our general life path is to rediscover who we are, which at the core of who we are is that unconditional love and, you know, oneness and all of those things? I'm going to be honest with you. We are born pure and it's only society. And, you know, you look at um, societal societal impacts. First of all, we have a family. You know, that's so important in the first two years of our existence. Who are our um, family? What are their belief systems? You know, if you're born into a Muslim family, chances are you too will be a Muslim, okay? Then we look at our schooling, the um, indoctrination, which is what I call it, the curriculum that is given to us that we must study and learn. Then we look at our jobs, our community centres, sport, other activities that we do in society. They all have an impact on who we turn into. They all affect who our characteristics and our attributes and our personality is. You know, we must understand here, personality is what society makes us to be, whereas our characteristics are the attributes that we're born with. Things like life lessons, which are compassion, kindness, generosity, that sort of stuff. So on the flip side, we could be conceited, greedy, um, jealous types as well, their characteristics as well. So it all depends on whether we're in that positive or negative mindset, mm -hmm. okay? Um, but as we grow up, you know, that's when we do get to decide on our path and our learning curve of where we go in our existence. You know, you could apply for 16 jobs today and your heart's with one and you think, I want that one. But then for some reason you don't get it. You get this one over here. I, I openly say that is where our path is led, meant to lead us to. So, but always go with what we're passionate about. What gives us those goosebumps inside? Because that shows that we are on that right path. And our guides will come in. If we're on the wrong path, our guides will come in. You know, how many people go to work? got the sack i wasn't expecting that i'm their highest earner so yep. that's that's to get us onto that new path you know it may take three or four months to get another job but then we get into this perfect environment where one of our life lessons will be learned so you know we've always got to remember just because we're ready to learn a life lesson doesn't mean that the situation that's going to teach it to us is ready yet you know, mm -hmm. so so we've just got to be patient, which is another life lesson, which I'm struggling with every day. <laughs> but I'm honest, you know, yep. patience is one of my doozies because I simply don't do time. I don't like waiting because I don't live on time anymore. Um, you know, when people say, oh, I'll come over in two hours, it's like, no, 
I want it now <laughs> because when I'm in heaven, I get it now. You know, there's no waiting in heaven. You know, because like, you know, I was up there for so long that I still remember just how much now exists. There's no time. So Incredible. you know, every every situation we're in is to learn that I'm here to learn patience. <laughs> So, yeah. if you so what could, a, yeah. it, if you could give us one piece of advice for our listeners to live their best and fullest life, what would that be, Linda? The best thing I can offer to people, honestly, is to get rid of your ego. Go back to when you're a child and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Have all those carefree, loving moments of of society. Go back to when we trusted so impeccably our own being. You know, I say it to people all the time, go back to when you were 16, what did you want to do? If you wanted to be an archaeologist working on the Egyptian tombs, go do it. Always do what you're passionate about. Don't do what you feel you must do in order to appease others. Because at the end of the day, we don't have to be, we don't have to know everything about everything. As long as we're trying to learn and to analyze and research the, our existence and what our full potential is about, that's sufficient. That's enough in their thinking because they don't have expectations of us. So don't have expectations on yourself. Just allow yourself to go through life and look at it as a ride with the ups and downs like a roller coaster and just shrug it all off because at the end of the day, real life is eternal. We're souls. We have thousands of lives, millions of lives. And this is just another in that process of our own eternal evolvement. So run with it and laugh at everything because as soon as you take life too seriously, that's when we start aging. And we only age, you know, like I say to people, I'm 56, but I'm, I still feel 36 when I died, you know. Um, I, I'd never say I'm more than 36 because that's how young I feel inside and mm -hmm. it's the energy inside that truly matters. Yes. So that, there you go. I hope that's you. Wow, girl, that that is just incredible what you just delivered. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm, hum <laughs> I'm just an average person, you know. I'm nothing special, <laughs> you know, I'm nothing special, but I just strive to make others their best. That's what I do now because I yeah. know our best. I've seen our best. You know, in heaven we don't have broken legs. We're not a beast. We don't have cracked, broken fingernails, missing teeth. We don't have to have dyed hair or whatever else, flaws, scars, everything else that we've got on our feet and when we go to heaven we are the perfect version of the perfect baby porcelain skin that we want so 
as soon as I close my eyes, I don't see Linda as this physical body. I see my energy of who I truly am. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And what you have done is you've taken off those layers of society, the ego, all of those things. And I think that we all have that inside of us. Absolutely. We just have to work to remove those layers to see and feel who we really are underneath all of that, you know? Yes. And as, you know, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, I was just talking about her in a video I just put in my YouTube channel yesterday. She was getting attacked by the media when she married Roosevelt, the um, president of America back in the 30s, because, you know, she was out there doing things that women didn't do. You know, she was going out to opening um, orphanages and stuff like that. Women to putting her down and gossiping about her really bad. So she did this piece in the newspaper and her quote was, what other people think of me is none of my business. As soon as we realise that we do not have to care at all about what other people think of us, that's the start of becoming our true self. Beautiful. Don't worry what other people think of you. I, I walk around in the morning in my pyjamas and I go and do about a two-mile walk up and down my driveway. So it's about half an hour. I'll walk at about six miles an hour. Oh, five miles an hour, I walk a fast pace. So I go out into my driveway and I'm up and down and it's got a little bit of a hill, so it's good because it gets my calves going first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I walk about three three miles in the morning. Then I come inside, have a shower, put my pyjamas in the wash and stuff. And get my I don't care what anybody else thinks walking past. You know, just this morning I saw a guy walking up the street with some groceries and I went, hey, how you going? He said, oh, good morning. Uh, he said, oh, what are you doing? I said, I'm just doing my walk. See ya. I just kept walking past him. And it, I don't care what he thinks. I honestly don't care what he thinks because tomorrow I'm going to be back out there doing it again. I probably won't see him tomorrow. So why would I care about what he thought? I love you know, that. My, my daughter's 16. She's about to into senior I've said to her so many times don't worry about what other people think about you the chances of you seeing any of these people again after you go to university and get your own job wherever you want to be you won't see them ever again so why would you care now about what they're going to think don't worry about them you just do what you want to do and don't worry about what they think because at the end of the day if they have an issue it's their issue not yours good well linda i know that i have held you hostage for a very long time <laughs> because i could talk it's to all you good, literally I for days I, I swear i could talk to you for days but yeah i know uh, it's all right well well honey that's why i've got my own youtube channel because you know like just smart i'm um, hugging in in heaven you know someone asked me one day do we hug out you know do we see our loved ones and do we hug them? How do we hug someone when we're energy? So I did a video about it and how <laughs> it's even better because we are them. We connect back with them. So, you know, if um, you know, I've got 
a lot of explanation explanatory videos on my youtube channel where i explain like why are there stairs in heaven why are there chairs because we don't have to sit down because we're energy you know what are the colors like in heaven because i was set for so long you know and it's just so hard in just like a two hour video to just say everything involved you know every you know i have been a guest before every time i talk to someone i always give more information than the one before because there was so much there you know um yeah so i hope that your viewers have got sufficient out of me today to want to look within themselves and say wow there's a whole world that i could um explore if i wanted to within myself well that's I what i hope I certainly believe that you have impacted my life personally by speaking oh. to you. And I know that many of our listeners will just feel the same way. And the perspective that you have given us, you know, for those of us that have not experienced an NDE in this lifetime, uh, if, if people want to get a hold of you yeah. or book a session or check out your YouTube, could you yes. give us your various channels of um, communication? Yes. Yes. My email is Linda. Now, I always say, why did my mum put the Y in my name? So it's L-Y-N-D-A at Linda Ray. So it's L-Y-N-D-A r-a-e she she spelt my ray that's my middle name right linda at lindaray.info that's my email address i do do readings um i've also got youtube channel which is dr linda kramer so it's d-r-l-y-n-d-a-c-r-a-m-e-r is me on youtube and i've also got a paranormal group on facebook dr linda kramer paranormal um, and I've also got a website, www.lindaray.info. So I've got information on there to um, how to access my books. My books are on Lulu. So if you go to lulu.com and just put in Linda Kramer, all my books come up. Um, yeah, I'm about to get my fourth book out and there's about nine that I'm in the process of writing. So they're all educational, how to be better people. They're all um, they're all development. They have exercises and ways to be far, far better people than um, what society wishes us to be. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, but it is true. Um, yeah, so that's all my um, media there for you, Krista. That's yeah. that's incredible. I, um, and despite us being disconnected about three times, <laughs> I think that we have had some amazing conversations tonight, and I cannot thank you enough and please stay in touch and uh absolutely you are a beautiful beacon of light so oh, keep on you. doing what you are doing and like i told you before our our podcast is a podcast made by light workers for light workers and you certainly yes. embody a very powerful light worker spreading the light and consciousness into this world so bless you for what you do oh and bless you too darling for what you're doing you know no experience is without needed to be spread so for you to be spreading the word out there to others i can't tell you how happy it makes them you know oh my gosh the angels archangels spirit guides whoever you want to call them them 
you know, they so appreciate the work that you're doing. So please keep going because it's so valuable. Thank you. Well, take care, Linda, and we'll be in touch. Thank you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.